0: Welcome to the 5-Minute Bible Study Podcast. This ain't your grandma's podcast. Welcome back to the 5-Minute Bible Study Podcast. This is Aaron Batty, your host. And we haven't done an episode in a while, so this is episode 25, and glad to get back on the horse. As you probably saw the thumbnail of this episode, or maybe you're watching on the YouTube video, uh, this is about a new book that I have coming out. It's basically out, I'm just waiting for it to come back from the printer, and it's called Shall We Baptize Children? So this episode 25, I want to preview that book. Before we get into that, I do want to remind you and kind of update you on the goings-on of the website and all that. Um, If you would like to subscribe to the email subscription list, where I will periodically send out about new content, email updates, there's about 55 or so people subscribed to that. I can just add you to the list, but you'll need to manually email me at am... B-A-T-T-E-Y at yahoo.com. That's my email and I'll put you in the system. Um, Besides that, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts. that would be very helpful. Review us on Facebook or Instagram and just help spread the news. Okay. So in this episode, we're going to get into why I wrote this book. What is the book about really? Uh, that's pretty much all we're going to get into. It shouldn't be a super long podcast. We'll see. And uh, But before then, we're going to get a word from our sponsors. Studies have revealed that 100 million Americans drink coffee every day, and 99 million of those are Christians. Since you're always drinking this delicious beverage anyways, why not drink coffee that supports the gospel? Gospel coffee does just that. I mean, we don't know how it does that, but it just does. So stop asking questions, tip your mug back, and drink gospel coffee. Made from beans grown in all-natural dirt and cultivated by born-again Christians who were saved at a youth camp that they mistook for a pop concert, this coffee will make you feel closer to God. Find Gospel Coffee at a retailer near you or buy from ordering from the website at gospelcoffee.fakeads.com. This coffee may cause you to have severe diarrhea, urgency, bloating, and abdominal cramping. Pray before you drink. Gospel Coffee is not responsible for what may or may not or certainly will happen to you 15 minutes after consumption. Do not drink more than 20 feet from an inaccessible restroom. Must be 21 years old. Of age or older to drink, and born again. Other exceptions may apply. Okay, well, back to it. Uh, the new book, "Shall We Baptize Children?" is going to be out in January of 2023. Here is a preview. If you're on the video, you can see this. This is what it looks like. I am kind of sick right now, and I don't mean like I'm. My health has left me. I mean that I just got this proof in today in the mail from FedEx, and this is, that I'm showing you if you're watching the YouTube video is actually the back of the book and it's got the cover on it. I ordered a proof a couple weeks ago and it revealed to me that the 100 books that I placed an order on yesterday have the same problem. And so I've spent about a thousand dollars on books, a hundred books that are not going to be even really sellable because the covers messed up. So I contacted the publishing company and they, Told me it was too late to, to cancel, but they're going to put a cancel request in anyway and see what happens. All that to say, it'll be sometime in January of 2023 after I get over the sickness of what I've done and the book is then available for purchase. When it is available, um, well, we'll go over purchasing information at the end of this podcast episode, but let's get right into it. Um, shall we baptize children? This is a topic that I've been, I've, I've thought about for a long time. And about two years ago, I would say, a friend of mine that I make mention in the book, uh, we were talking about this subject, and he was, let's just say he was a lot more passionate about it than I was at the time, and um, he was making a case for me on, on how he did not believe that we should be baptizing children. Um, now, that's, making that statement is a generic statement. It's, a, it's quite ambiguous, really. What is children, or what are children? And what do we mean by baptizing children and what's wrong with that? So a lot of ambiguity there to meet out in the book, and that's why I wrote a 130-page book. So get ready to read it for yourself. But we're going to try to get into to um, what exactly that means, what we're talking about. Everything I just said there, the friend that I was talking to, he kind of got my wheels turning. And so... I thought about some of the arguments that he made. I thought I thought about them for a long time, and then I kind of put them on the back burner because you know how, well, maybe you don't, but me, I have lots of different theological debates going on in my mind, either active conversations that I'm having here and there, or just for my own Bible studies. And so it's hard for me to stay on one track. So I got off track, and then over the course of the next several months and leading into the next two years, I had conversations with parents over and over, from here and there, uh, they even—I had three or four sets of parents ask me, you know, should they baptize their child? Their child had reached, you know, the ages varied, but they were going through the puberty. Uh, they were approaching puberty, and so they had these questions because their kids would come to them and ask them, Hey, Mom, Dad, I think I'm ready to get baptized. And that's nothing new. I mean, this is, this is a, an issue that has been going on as long as there's been children and as long as the church has existed. I'm sure in the first century, children came to their parents and has to be baptized. So um, this is something that is an ever-present issue. Um, It's something that we're going to have to search the scriptures to find the answers to, and that's what I've tried to do in this book. So one of the things that I did in writing the book, I started basically, I have these, these files, and I... On my computer, it's a Word document, and they all fit in this folder that are just kind of random notes. But there's some categorization to them. So I opened a file a while back. This is more than months and months ago, but it, it was titled, Shall We Baptize Children? Which I eventually just chose that to be the title of the book after manipulating the title back and forth. But anyways, in there, I would just write random notes as they came to me. And I thought eventually, you know, I'll get to a point where I can have enough notes that I feel confident uh, put some organized thought into all of this, and then maybe, maybe it'll come out into a book. And that's kind of what's happened. Well, as I was writing the book, I even thought more about it, and I decided let's do a social media poll to see how pressing of an issue this really is and how close it is to people's hearts. So on Facebook a while back, maybe you're watching this or listening to it, and you were part of that poll, and you responded to me. Uh, I asked people basically were you baptized at a young age and then later rebaptized again if you were can you send me a private message and tell me about that um, tell me what motivated you to be rebaptized and why you thought that your first baptism was ineffective or unscriptural or you know fill in the blank so several people immediately within like six hours by the end of the day I gotten many responses and some of those I included in the book, um, I asked them for permission. I didn't include their names. And um, here's a couple of the responses. Now, these are very short quips from larger quotes. One person said, I was baptized when I was younger due to the pressure of my grandmother. Another person said, I was baptized at 13 years old, but I was converted at 31. That's how they described it. I was baptized at 10 years old, another person says. I believed it was important to be baptized, and I believed Jesus was the Son of God, but I truly believe that I got baptized because several of my cousins did as well. This social media poll, and there's more than that. There's more in the book than that. In fact, my own father had a very interesting story that I kind of opened up the book with, telling his story as a young a young boy. I think he was, um, if I recall correctly, 12, 13, when he was first baptized. Anyway, Lots of people have this shared experience. Maybe you don't, and you you might even read this book or be listening to this podcast episode and think, this this is something that you should just leave to parents and all that. But uh, you just don't have the personal experience that a lot of other people do. And a lot of people didn't respond to the poll that I'm, I'm confident also have this shared experience. Um, this is something that a lot of people don't want to talk about uh, because it is a, a very emotionally charging conversation. It's a a question, it's a conversation that even after you have it, and even after you write a book, it doesn't answer every single question. Some of those questions will have to be answered by you. I can't be the arbiter of all personal experiences in the past when you were young. I can't be the arbiter of all the current questions that you might have and answering, do you need to get rebaptized? Part of that will come down to your conscience and making a judgment call. On your own, but I've hopefully given you some scriptural guidelines in this book that will help you work through that. And maybe you do find that, like some of these people that we just quoted, you do need to get rebaptized. Although this isn't mo- about um, trying to lead people to rebaptism primarily, there is a chapter on rebaptizing adults, but it is primarily about prevention and preventing these types of situations from occurring um, as prevalently as they do. With that being said, I'll give you the table of contents of the book. So here we go. The first chapter is just the introduction about the book. You know, why is this important? What am I, what's my purpose here? Um, chapter two is called The Blessings and Curses of Emotion. It explains how this is an emotional issue and how do we uh, gauge our emotions and how do we interpret our emotions when it comes to issues like this. Uh, they are helpful, but they do have a place, and we do have to be careful about how we interpret them. Chapter 3 is about what is the problem and who is to blame. Uh, number 4, childhood, brain, and psychological development. I get a little bit into science and psychology. Uh, what is a child is chapter 5. This is, a, this is one of the most crucial chapters here, defining what a child is. If, if we can't baptize children is the premise of the book, then what is a child? Um, chapter 6, the new covenant and infant membership. Number 7, 13 guidelines for baptism. Chapter eight: How to Reassure Your Child. Chapter nine: Placing Responsibility Back on Fathers. Chapter ten: Rebaptizing Adults. And Chapter eleven: Covenant Baptism Reinvented. So that's the outline or the the layout of the book, I should say. And um, let me finish up talking about why this book. So you know, we did. I was having this conversation a couple years ago. I had the social media poll that I did. Parents came and asked me lots of questions. Um, individuals have asked me about rebaptism just in the last year. I had a friend who came to me and and had lots of doubts about their baptism, and they had not gotten rebaptized at this point. And this wasn't, in fact, recently. I had a couple of other people ask me the same thing, and individuals, along with parents who have children, uh, continue to ask me these questions. So that's another motivating factor for this book, and then. I was just looking about and as i'm trying to answer these questions or point these people into the right directions there's no resources on it um my dad had some material a sermon that he gave years ago on this subject Uh, it wasn't very well received at the time i recall and so i went and i reread his stuff but it was very short it wasn't a book certainly and it didn't answer all of my questions either um I just looked about, I found a couple of books, small books that were actually geared toward children, toward um, children and adolescents, but they weren't directed to the parents and helping the parents um, make judgment and wise decision in all of this. And so I looked about and there really were were no resources for, for guiding parents through this or guiding church leaders through this when somebody comes asking someone like me what to do. And so I decided, you know, we need something. And we need to be discussing this as well, because when you just leave these these difficult subjects t- to silence, it does not reassure people at all. Um, now, giving people your own commandment doesn't <laughs> reassure people either. Of course, that there's nothing good that comes from that. So I'm not trying to make up commandments in this book. I'm not trying to make up... Um, stuff to try to get people the ball rolling just so we can get it rolling, but I'm trying to actually look into the scriptures, see what do we find about this subject, what do the scriptures have to say about children and their innocence or lack thereof, and um, what guidelines scripturally can we give parents that will help them through this, this whole subject. So that's, uh, now I'm getting into what the book is about. Um, when we get to the question of what is a child, it's very difficult. The Bible describes um, several children in Scripture. One of the classic texts that gets brought up all the time is in Luke chapter 2, where Jesus is in the synagogue. He's in the temple, and he's discussing with the the leaders and the teachers in the temple, and they're amazed by him. And then after that, his parents come, and he's, and he tells his parents, don't you know I should be about my father's business? And from there, it says that he grew in and I'm not quoting it correctly here, in wisdom and stature, I think. I think that's correct. And that passage is a classic passage that comes up in the debate about the quote-unquote age of accountability. Is there such an age? That's the classic question. And um, that really comes down to what is a child. In the Bible, there's two categories of people. There are child children on one hand, and there are adults on the other hand. The term adolescent was a term that was developed much later. In fact, in, I would say, more modern times than ancient. And it's not a term that was used in Scripture. Now, there were obviously adolescents in terms of what we call that, you know, 12 to 18, that general age period. But they were either children or they were adults. There was no third distinction. And so when we approach this subject, what I do is, and I have some tables and charts to help break this out and make it a little more visually simple But we have to take what we do have and then ask the question, were these people that were getting baptized, were they children or were they adults? And when you're talking about a person who is going through puberty and all these major transitions, at what point are they an adult? And at what point are they still an innocent child whose spirits, whose angels still see the face of God, according to Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said about children. What I propose to you in this book is that there is no example of a child being baptized in the Scripture. Absolutely none. And if we use the basis that we use for pretty much everything else in interpreting the Bible and our practice is that we only do those things that we can find in the Scripture or that we have Scripture for. Well, there is none. But at the same time, that still doesn't settle the debate because we have to figure out well, okay, what is a child and when is that transition take place? I'm not going to get more into that in this podcast because you really need to read the book. It's it's going to take more, like if we wanted to do a whole podcast episode just on that chapter of the book, you know, we could. But I'm trying to give you a sneak peek into the book without giving away the book. And I've already experienced um, where I've, I've sent a couple of, pre-published PDF copies of this book to a couple of friends who were specifically asking me about their baptism. They were worried about it. And I was like, well, I haven't published the book, but I'm going to go ahead and send this to you anyway. Well, what people tend to do is they go straight to the chapter on re-baptizing adults, um, chapter 10, which is well into the last quarter length of the book. And I say that in the very, at that chapter here, let me turn to chapter 10, I say, you may have looked at the Table of Contents and skipped chapters one through nine to get there. If you did, please go back and read what comes before uh, in this book. And I've already seen examples where people, when I send it, they'll go straight to that chapter. And they don't read what comes before. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if I did, if I covered what is a child in this podcast episode, you would be missing a lot of information that I believe is very foundational to approaching that question. I've tried to arrange everything in this book from a logical progression and sequence. So I don't want to give all that away. I want you to read the book in progression and so that you see it all within context and from the right point of view and make your conclusion at the end, as opposed to jump right to the middle and make your conclusion. Now, many people are going to read this book and many people are not going to agree with me. Um, I do hope though, that I've written it in such a way that you can appreciate me. (laughs) I've had several people read this book from different points of view. People who disagreed with me um, because they thought that I was, in their eyes, too conservative. Uh, People that disagreed with me because they thought, in their eyes, I was too, for lack of better terms, liberal. Um, I've had people read this book who agreed with me as well. (laughs) And some who were older, some who were younger, all the in-betweens. Some that I don't even... um, worship with necessarily, but I would consider friends. And I've hopefully made the edits and had to rework the book a couple of times to where the version that I'm publishing and putting out to you is hopefully one that you can appreciate me. And I've tried to write in a way that is not inflammatory, that is not accostive or accosting, and that is easily received. Okay, And that at the end of it, that you basically can appreciate the fact that we now have a resource and we now have a discussion prompt for a difficult subject. Um, There are in the book scriptural guidelines that I give. One of the things that I, I see in these discussions is that people get hung up on the age of accountability. And we get discussing that so much, but at the end of that discussion, there's really few times if ever that I've ever heard biblical guidelines then given after this whole discussion for parents and so I've given 13 biblical guidelines from this book and, and what I'll do is I'll just share one of them with you. I'm not going to share all of them again for the sake of go read the book but I'll give you one of the 13 guidelines so let me let me um, turn here and give that to you. One of the big uh, issues uh, uh, that we're dealing with in this whole discussion is really an issue of accountability and responsibility. And a lot of people make the, um, the issue of, shall we baptize this child or this young person by measure of they understand. They understand the plan of salvation or they understand that Jesus is the Son of God. And so it's a question for most people of understanding. How much do they understand? And while understanding is very important, it seems rather arbitrary that we have drawn the line at just that. And what I'm proposing in the 13 guidelines and throughout the book is that it's more than does this young person understand? Just as with an adult, it's more than do they understand. It's really one of accountability, even if they understand, are they accountable, which is difficult to determine. And then secondly, are they responsible? So they could be res- accountable just like any adult is, but they're not responsible enough to become a Christian either by will or by simple inerrant faculties. They don't literally don't have the middle responsibility to do that, whatever the case may be. I'm putting forth to you that the main issue is that of accountability and responsibility on top of understanding, not just do they understand. Uh, One of the guidelines that I give in this book is guideline number three. Do you believe that your child is ready to take an oath of allegiance to Jesus Christ and enter in a a covenant agreement with God that comes with life and death, blessings and curses? And that's based on an understanding of Isaiah 45, verse 23, verse 23 and Romans chapter 14, verse 11. As well, you'll need to have read the chapter that comes before this uh, on the new covenant and infant membership and understanding what the new covenant is. Another one is, uh, I'm just going to give you another guideline here. I wasn't planning on it, but is your child about his father's business like Jesus was in Luke 2, verse 49? In other words, has he or she demonstrated the ability and evidence of bearing Christian responsibilities? Um. So those are a couple of the guidelines, and I'm not even giving you the full one there, that I think are good for helping parents to evaluate this young person that's coming to them saying, hey, I want to get baptized. And as you've seen from the social media poll that I did, a lot of these people, they did it because of pressures of their grandmother. Because a lot of their cousins were doing it as well. And this is always a worry whenever you have like a gospel meeting and a lot of one kid comes forward and wants to get baptized. And then three more kids comes forward. That is not very uncommon, especially in older days and the generations where these people are writing from. And we want to avoid that. Now, no child is going to tell you in that moment, yes, I'm only doing it because my friends are doing it. But at the same time, if they can't tell you why they're doing it, and if at the same time you look at them and they currently exhibit no responsibility that a Christian would bear, I mean none, like, for example, they color They color during the sermon in their coloring book. They pay no attention. They aren't ever asking spiritual questions. Um, they aren't loving their neighbor as themselves. I'm not saying you have to. they have to exhibit all um, the fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> Just like an adult that comes wanting to be baptized may not exhibit all those things. They're a baby in Christ. But do they exhibit any? And do they exhibit an independent... Um, I'm sorry... Do they exhibit an independent spirit to want to do these things, or is it always something that they're being made to do? You know, Those are the types of questions that are, are some of the guidelines that I give. Now, after all of that, you know, sometimes it's, it's a very young child that's coming to want to be baptized. And this child comes along, and it's very clear, everybody in the room, including the parents, know that this child is innocent. And if they died right then, then they would go straight to heaven. What do you do in those situations? Do you just tell them, no, stop asking. You ask too many questions. (laughs) Or, is there something more that you can give them? Is there something that's more hopeful that will not discourage them? There's always the worry that we're going to discourage these young people who come wanting to be baptized, but they're clearly innocent little children. Well, I have a whole chapter on that as well, and I call it Chapter 8, How to Reassure Your Child. And What I do in there is I give, let me count the number of passages here, um, nine Bible passages that you can read to your child and explain to them. And some of these passages, your child is not going to understand. The very fact that they can't understand some of these simple explanations of Bible passages tells you that they're probably not ready yet. But... That should also impress upon them when they can't understand it, that they're not ready, and that should help convince them. Furthermore, they have a lot of trust in you, a lot of trust in you as a parent or as a leader of the church, depending on what maybe the exceptional circumstance may be. And when they hear you reassuring them with confidence and with the Scriptures that you're safe, and if you died right now, you're going to heaven, that should be reassuring. Now, I say that should be, and obviously it sounds like I'm not speaking from experience, but I did actually a, a few months ago, a couple of months ago, I gave that chapter, which is entitled How to Reassure um, Innocent Children, and I gave that as a sermon. I kind of took that chapter and I gave it as a sermon at the Chapel Grove Church of Christ where I preach. And that night, one of the things that I talk about leading up to that is a lot of times we preach on hellfire and brimstone. Sermons, you know, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with hellfire and brimstone sermons um, as far as they are scriptural, right? Because there's hellfire and brimstone in the Bible. No, look no further than literally, so I'm Gomorrah. <laughs> so, anyways, sometimes we preach on hell, sometimes we preach on the judgment and wrath of God, and that's very biblical. But a lot of times when we do that, we do not give any type of a disclaimer to the young children in the audience. So, when I gave that sermon, I looked at some of the young children in the audience. I wanted to specifically talk to them, and I wanted to tell them, listen, when we preach on this stuff, we normally don't talk to you guys, and you might think that I'm preaching to you, but I want you to know that I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to all the responsible, accountable adults in the room, and if you're old enough that you are, by definition, an adult, whatever that means, just like whatever a child means, that's who I'm talking to. And I looked squarely in the eyes of this one little girl, and she was looking at me with bright eyes, <laughs> and I, she was listening with rapt attention. And I, I just looked at her, and I said, you're safe. If you die tonight, you're going straight to heaven. You do not need to worry. Afterwards, I had no clue. I, afterwards, her mom got a hold of me, and she she told me um, the next day, she said, I don't know if you knew this, but um, that Her daughter was the one I was looking at in the eye whenever I was just referring to. She said, my daughter had asked me that morning about she had been thinking that maybe she needed to get baptized. And they had a little conversation. I don't remember what all she she had told her daughter. But anyways, after the sermon, her mom went up to her and said, that was exactly what I needed to hear. And that satisfied her. And she went on. So when I say that this should reassure your child... There is a very recent example of when we speak to children with confidence and reassurance as the adult in the room, backed by the Word of God Himself, that these young children are innocent. They are not responsible for sin, and they do not need to be baptized for the remission of sins. This is, I do believe, an effective method of dealing with these young children like this. Eventually that child will get to a point, though, where they, well, maybe they are accountable, and how do we go about deciding that? What are some guidelines? We've already talked about that. So that's some of the content in the book. Um, I won't go into all the content in the book, obviously, but what I will kind of wrap up with is just to tell you that I don't believe that there is a definite certain age that at which point a child becomes an adult or becomes accountable. I don't believe that 12 is a definite age at which every young person all of a sudden becomes accountable. I don't think that 13 years, the traditional bar mitzvah age for young males, male Jews is the age. I think that a 13-year-old could potentially be responsible and accountable to become a Christian. I think that a 12-year-old could potentially be responsible and accountable to become a Christian. I think there, there may be some 11-year-olds, potentially, who meet that. There's a chart in the in the book that shows the accountability growth chart, is what it's called. And it shows, based off of scriptures Scripture up to that point, the very questionable window for when a, a child, it's very questionable whether they're an adult and whether they're accountable. And then there's the possible window that's more likely, but still it's, a, it's just a possibility, um, based off of if they meet certain biblical criterion, and then there's another window, which I'm not going to get into, which is they're definitely accountable at this age or this set of circumstances. So all that's covered in the book. And um, again, get the book and read it for yourself. Now, about that and getting the book, again, if you will email me, just like if you wanted to subscribe to the email list for 5-Minute Bible Study, email me at that same address, at yahoo.com. And you can pre-order your book by just simply telling me your name, um, how many copies you want. And it would also be helpful if you gave me a mailing address. And at the point that I actually get the books in, I'll reach back out to you about payment and shipping and all that. But if you would give me your name, how many copies you want, and your mailing address, then I can get that on the pre-order list at this very moment. I have a few people on that list. Uh, And it'll be growing rapidly i do believe after this episode and so forth so get your name on the list i have a hundred copies coming that have the wrong covers hopefully i'm going to get that canceled and get that cover resituated don't worry if i end up having to swallow those i'm not going to give those to you at least not at the original cost it'll be a great discount if i end up having to suffer the loss on that but anyways um, that's kind of that's kind of the gist. So I hope that gives you an idea of what the book is about. I hope that uh, gets you a little giddy to read it. I was excited to get the book finished. I was excited to take on the subject. It's always exciting to start. about three quarters into the whole book writing affair and the editing process and all that I got um, worn down and it wasn't exciting anymore and it was much more just work. but uh, I am excited this is always a very um, kind of giddy stage of the whole book process. so, with that being said, I'm going to leave you uh, to to wait, and that's going to be everything for today. Thanks for watching the Five Minute Bible Study Podcast or listening if you're on Spotify or some other um, listening network. Come back next time, and hopefully, in the not too distant future, we'll have another episode of the Five Minute Bible Study Podcast.